0: All right, here we go. We are absolutely packed today here on a Monday. It is great to have you in. Day before election day. Lot of stress. <laughs> oh man. Uh listen, the, the stress is in the air in America today, but Welcome in Landry Football Podcast Network. This is Guido's Gridiron Blitz. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It's great to have you with us. Uh, Plenty of stuff to go over today. Week eight of the NFL season uh, is just about to wrap up. Monday Night Football is tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants. I think we can all kind of predict how that game is going to go. We're going to discuss that a little bit later in the show. Um but plenty of stuff to hit on today. Sunday night football, when exactly as it is, uh, as expected, will start there. But first, uh, I do want to remind you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. So. Listen up. This is where you. This is what you do. Here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That's LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. Very easy. It's going to be right there. You'll see it. Uh, you pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. They're not all legal everywhere. So you pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. Uh, so BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those. Sign up. And then you instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Okay, let me repeat that. It's a lot of money. You got to take advantage of this. $100 to $1,000. That's a lot of money. So take advantage of this while it still exists. Okay, it's that easy. So, again, go to LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and then you get in on the action with this special offer from American betting experts. That's American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com and start playing. Okay. So, let us begin with this. Uh, Let's talk about the Cowboys for a second. Uh, They dropped to 2-6. and The Cowboys are not a good football team. Uh, from the beginning of the year, I think we could understand that this was not, this was not a good football team. The thing, they weren't clicking, they just, nothing was going right for them. So they fall to two and six. I said it last week. I think right now they're the worst team in the NFL, especially now with a third string quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL. Uh, so they lose last night. Uh, to the Eagles, they lose 25 to nine or 23 to nine, excuse me, 23 to nine to the Eagles last night on Sunday night football in Philadelphia. And I could have told you that that was how this game is going to go. It is not going to be a pre football game. Both of those teams are not good. A lot of ugly football, not great quarterback play. And that's exactly what it was. It was just an ugly, it, it didn't look like an NFL game it didn't look like an NFL game and the cowboys i think were on the worse side of that obviously but let's get into this i don't know what to tell you if you can look me in the face and tell me the Cal- and tell me the cowboys don't have talent the dallas cowboys are a talented football team okay they have good players we need to understand that there is something else going on with this team. There's something else going on. It's coaching. It's whatever. So let me just, let's establish this. What do we know about the Cowboys right now? What do we know about them? Okay. So we know that they fired their head coach that they've had for 10 years. They bring in a new regime right now. It doesn't look like it's going very well. Mike McCarthy doesn't look like he's getting along with the players as well. They're not getting through to it. The defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, is not doing a good job. This is a historically bad defense. So it doesn't look like the coaching is working. Another thing that we understand is that this defense, like I've said before, is historically bad. They're historically horrible. They can't stop anybody through the air. They can't stop anybody on the ground. They're among the bottom in both of those categories. They uh, they give up points more than anybody in the league they can't stop anyone that's another thing that we know another thing that we know about the Dallas Cowboys is that Dak Prescott's hurt so they're working with then they went to Andy Dalton and then Andy Dalton got hurt and now they're working with Ben DiNucci at quarterback the JMU kid the kid they picked in the seventh round and he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback what other things do we know about the Cowboys? They have great offensive weapons. Ezekiel Elliott's a top five running back. They have the best group of wide receivers in the entire NFL. When healthy, this is a great offensive line. Something that we understand about the Dallas Cowboys is when most people at the beginning of the year were picking them to go to the Super Bowl, they were not Crazy. Just because the result is ugly so far in the regular season does not mean that the people that picked them to go to the Super Bowl were crazy. Look at this roster. Look at that. When they drafted CeeDee Lamb in the first round, we were thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be a Chief. This is going to be the Chiefs. This is it. Dak Prescott's going to win MVP because look at all of the weapons that he has. Oh, my God. It's nuts all pro running back, three possible number one wide receivers, an unbelievable offensive line, a brand new head coach where the majority of America, the majority of football fans had diagnosed the Cowboys problem as coaching. They fixed that or presumably they fixed that because Mike mccarthy he's won a Super Bowl. He brought in his own head. He brought in a great, right? John Fossil, the special teams coordinator is fantastic. Okay, he kept uh, Kellen Moore around, the offensive coordinator, because he knows Dak Prescott. He knows the way he plays. He's comfortable with him. He wanted to keep a familiar face in the building. Mike Nolan's been around the NFL for years and years and years. We were thinking, man, a veteran season coaching staff, they've had success. Man, oh, man. Like, there were a lot of people that picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. We need to understand that they have talented players. Talented players. Last night, what they showed you is on, on, listen, I know the defense is historically bad, but on both sides of the football, they have real players. They didn't pay Demarcus Lawrence $21 million a year because he sucks. Demarcus Lawrence was good last night. You saw last night that that was the Demarcus Lawrence they pay, play, that they paid for. He was all over the field, all over the field. Okay, you look at that, that defensive line. They have good pass rushers. Those are not, well, you got to look at the, uh, honestly, you can tell when a defense has no talent. You can tell when an NFL team has no talent. The Dallas Cowboys have talent. There's something wrong with that talent. I mean, sir, you're telling me last night that the pass rush for the Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence and Alden Smith and Randy Gregory and got, They played extremely well last night. They were getting after Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz is a good, athletic, escapable quarterback. Leighton Vander Esch played great yesterday. Trayvon Diggs, their rookie second-round corner, had two interceptions. This is a talented team. So what's the problem? Because every single year, it feels like we're diagnosing the Cowboys with something different. It's coaching. It's DAC. It's it's defense. It's just something isn't right. Something isn't right. And clearly, obviously, th- last night was not a Dak thing. Like, we understood yesterday that the Cowboys were going to have a tough time winning that football game with Ben DiNucci at quarterback. Listen, he was a seventh-round pick for a reason. He's not that good. He was a pit transfer that had to drop college divisions to find a school. Now, granted, when he went to James Madison, he was the offensive player of the year in his conference, but it's James Madison. I live on Long Island. I, Stony Brook University is two minutes from my house. I, I watched Ben Denucci play live when JMU played Stony Brook and Ben Denucci was only kind of better then Stony Brook's guy. They didn't, he didn't blow anybody out of the water. I never viewed him as a draftable player. That's nothing against Ben DiNucci. He was a good college quarterback, but that's all he is. He's not an NFL player. So that could tell the story of last night. If Dak Prescott plays last night to the Cowboys win, he, impossible. It's possible, right? An upgraded quarterback could have obviously helped, but you got to remind yourself. The Cowboys were terrible without Dak Prescott, uh, and they're terrible with Dak Prescott. Period. What yesterday should show you about the Dallas Cowboys is that, no, it probably isn't a rebuild, but you do have to move on from particular pieces, Dak Prescott being one of them. The talent yesterday shows why you can't dump the roster. You can't dump this roster. These are good defensive players. Could could the, the, the bad play, primarily on the defensive side of the football, could that be attributed to no offseason? New coaching staff, brand new offseason. Right? Mike Nolan's system is apparently pretty hard to pick up. Could this poor defensive play be attributed to all that? Maybe. I mean, it's hard to believe that with that many def- that many good players on defense, they could be this bad this far into the season. So, again, we'll see. But I think it is way too easy to say, oh, the Cowboys are terrible. They got to move on from everyone. No, this is why Cowboy fans should not want to lose. Because I don't think that you're a quarterback away, but I do think a quarterback gets you in the right direction. I think it changes the entire culture of the whole team. I do. And maybe for the negative, but you got to take that chance, don't you? You pay Dak Prescott $38 million. You start losing guys on this on this roster, wide receivers, offensive linemen, the good defensive players. You start losing these guys. You're terrible enough with this talented of a roster. How bad are you going to be when you got to pay your quarterback tons of money and you lose some of your better players that you'd like to keep around? So, recognize this. Recognize that this is a good roster and that dumping this talent is probably not the way to go. Okay, I want to shift to the other side here. Um, I want everybody to understand that the Eagles are not perfect and we under watching them we get it right they're three four and one they do not play good football. this is not a good roster but I tweeted yesterday that yesterday's game was very interesting in a very particular way. The Cowboys and the Eagles converse each other. they're very interesting. The Eagles are a team with a supremely talented quarterback and a terrible roster. That Eagles roster is bad. It's bad. And the Cowboys are the team with a supremely talented roster and the terrible quarterback. That's what they converse each other. They're opposites. That's what the Eagles are working with right now. The Eagles are not perfect. They're in first place in the division. They shouldn't be a playoff team. They don't look like a playoff team. They don't. And my guess is is that they are going to win the division. They're going to win the NFC East, and they're going to get blown out in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, they'll get a home game, but I, I think they're going to get blown out. You watch that team play; uh, the talent just doesn't show. But here's what I want you to point out, because. Entering into yesterday, and even after last night, I've had people telling me, Mike, Carson Wentz stinks. I don't I don't know what you see, Guido. Carson Wentz stinks. Let me just give you a little bit of background on Carson Wentz. I can admit that he's having a bad year statistically, and obviously the win-loss record is not pretty. Just to highlight some of his numbers, Carson Wentz right now is a 58.5% completion percentage For twelve touchdowns and twelve interceptions. The twelve interceptions leads the NFL. Leads the NFL. But let's point this out. Carson Wentz entering last night was tied for the lead lead in sacks. So he's been sacked the most times in the NFL. him and Joe Burrow are the two quarterbacks that have been sacked most in the NFL. Tied for the league lead in sacks. And Carson Wentz, by himself, led the NFL in quarterback hits and quarterback pressures. And we all thought that the Eagles offensive line was good. <laughs> Granted, they're banged up. Jason Peters finally came back last night and he actually played relatively well. But Lane Johnson, their Pro Bowl right tackles hurt. Brandon Brooks, their Pro Bowl right guard is hurt. I mean, Carson Wentz is under constant duress. Pressure is everywhere. Spends most of the time on his back. After last night, right now, leads the league, in sacks taken, and yards lost by a sack. We are acting like Carson Wentz has it easy in Philadelphia. This is not a great situation for Carson Wentz to be in. I feel like a lot of weeks I'm doing a lot of convincing to tell you that Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I feel like I shouldn't have to. You should just watch the game. You should just watch the game last night. I told you the last time that I was arguing for Carson Wentz. We understand what a bad quarterback looks like. Last night, we got to look at the other side of the field. Ben DiNucci is a bad quarterback. The difference between Ben DiNucci and Carson Wentz is astronomical. Astrid and Carson Wentz went to a division one AA school too. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota state. That isn't necessarily a powerhouse. But listen, you look at the difference between Ben DiNucci and Carson Wentz last night. It is. You'd think that one of, one of them looked like an NFL quarterback. The other one looked like he should have still been in college. He looked like a Division I double A quarterback, Ben DiNucci. Carson Wentz gives you some special. There aren't that many quarterbacks that do that. There are not. You could probably list them on both hands. Okay. There's probably what, seven or eight that have like real special in them. Like Kyler Murray's got special. Lamar Jackson has special. Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers has special. Jared Goff has some special in him. Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. There's, and you've got the young guys that have special, but don't really establish themselves yet, right? That's the Darnolds and the, you know, whoever else. There's only a couple quarterbacks in the league that's, uh, that show you, wow. And that don't really have help. Joe Burrow and Carson Wentz are going through something very similar this year. Very similar. The only difference is that Joe Burrow plays in a real division. Carson Wentz plays in, oh my God. Joe Burrow's got to play the Steelers and the Ravens twice a year. You saw them play each other last night. It was a bloodbath. It was unbelievable. Those are two great football teams. The Steelers might be the best team in the NFL. They're going to play them twice. Who do the Eagles have to play twice? Washington? But look at what Carson Wentz is throwing to. Travis Fulgham. Carson Wentz got Jalen Rager his first-round pickback last night after him missing a few weeks. And Jalen Rager actually looked pretty good. But Travis Folgum has become his premier receiver. Who the hell is that? Who? Man, I, I mean, Greg Ward, John Hightower, these are his receivers. He's facing constant Duresh. But Miles Sanders, his running back, was out last night. He's working with Boston Scott in the backfield, who got cut by the Saints. But we all like to bash Carson Wentz. He stinks. They should never have paid him. You lo- You watched the game yesterday. Despite the talent on Dallas's roster, and despite the lack of talent on Philadelphia's roster, Dallas had no shot at winning that game. Why? Because Carson Wentz was on one team, and Ben DiNucci was on the other. It is so simple to see. It's so simple. Carson Wentz has special. No, he isn't perfect. There are particular times where he tries to make a play and he shouldn't, he should just give up on it. There are parts, you know, there are times where he turns the ball over when he shouldn't, and it's an easy play. He's not perfect. No quarterback in the NFL is perfect. Patrick Mahomes isn't perfect. Lamar Jackson, who we all fell in love with last year, struggled against Pittsburgh yesterday off the bye. Nobody's perfect. Why are we expecting Carson Wentz to do so much with so little? I, 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 I'll tell you the reason why I think. We look at the Eagles organization, and just like, oh, they're pretty well run. They have a good GM. They have a good coach. They have a good owner. right? They, we look at them, and we're just like, hey, they're stable. <laughs> this is a good organization. They draft well. They got good players. They really don't have good players on either side of the football. The Eagles are not a good football team. They're really not. You know, they've got their star player here and there, but they're so banged up, right? Fletcher Cox was, he's like the only good player they have on defense, period, that's healthy. This is not a good roster. But we expect Carson Wentz to put up MVP numbers with this. I understand 12 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in eight weeks is not good. But put it into perspective. Put it into perspective. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Nobody asked him to be. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the league in my eyes? Yes. Despite the bad year? Yes. Put it into perspective. Look at what he's working with. Look at circumstance. That's all sports is about, circumstance. You actually have to take that into account. Carson Wentz is a good player. You watched it yesterday. Did that look like a bad quarterback? Or did that look like a quarterback that was feeling pressure all night? Let me tell you something. Okay, the Dallas, I understand the Cowboys have talent, but they haven't been able to get pressure on anybody all year. And the Cowboys got pressure last night on Carson Wentz. You think that's Carson Wentz's fault? Ask yourself that. There is absolutely no way that the Eagles can move off Carson Wentz, that they can regret paying him, build a better roster around him that's less old and less injury-prone, and he'll flourish. Okay, Uh, let us quickly get into this. So I do want to move over to the New England Patriots for a second because everybody's freaking out. (laughs) right everybody's just like oh my god New England stinks without Brady they are terrible and I can admit yeah they're not looking too great right now New England's not very good they're not very good look I think their defense is solid I do I don't think it was as good as last year but I do think it's still solid it can still hold its own but no they don't have great perimeter players no they don't have a great running back and no they're definitely not great at quarterback Patriots aren't that good and all of the, you know, people on the Brady side of the Brady Belichick, you know, argument thing, all those people are saying, see, I told you Brady's the reason that they were great. I told you they're throwing it at everybody's face and they're saying, ha, I gotcha. Okay. Let me just, you know, slow everybody down for a second because I do think that it is very easy. It was a close game yesterday between New England and Buffalo. It was a 24-21 win for the Bills, but the Patriots fall to two and five on the year. I don't think that the result of what the Patriots have right now should be that much of a surprise to everybody. I really don't. Now, as bad as they look, okay, maybe not, but this should not be a groundbreaking development for I, I mean, let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> look at look at what Cam Newton's doing. I mean Cam Newton is flat out bad at football. He's flat out bad at football. But look at what Cam Newton's numbers are this year so far. Okay. Cam Newton so far this year. Has two touchdowns through six weeks. Six weeks. 10th year in the NFL. Two touchdowns, seven picks. Through six weeks. He's got two touchdowns and seven picks. I don't know why it's a surprise to anybody. When you downgrade at quarterback, you're going to get worse. The Patriots were not going to go 12 and four again. The Patriots were not going to light the NFL on fire again, and people say, "Oh God, the Patriots suck without Brady." Brady was carrying them for twenty years. That isn't necessarily true. That isn't necessarily true because the we've seen the Patriots without Brady, and they've had success in the past. Remember when they went eleven and five with Matt Castle, and then Matt Castle went somewhere else and couldn't start. We've had this. We we have seen the Patriots without Tom Brady. look at this for a second. When the Buccaneers signed Tom Brady, what did we all say? We all said, oh, the Buccaneers, they're going to be so good. They're going to be so good because why? Because they were going to upgrade. They were going to upgrade from Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston had thrown 30 interceptions the year prior and Buccaneers went one, seven and nine. Listen, oh, if they can go seven and nine with a guy that throws 30 picks, man, oh man, what can, what else can they do? Tom Brady's going to come in there and all he's got to do is not beat Jameis Winston and they'll be so much better. Logic would tell you that that's true. Logic would tell you that that statement has truth to it. That all, all Tom Brady would have to do is not throw 30 picks. <laughs> he can throw 20 picks and they'll be better. And Tom Brady's playing well this year. And Would you look at that? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a better football team. They're a top 10 team. They're good. That should come as a surprise to no one, period. The Patriots did the opposite. The Buccaneers upgraded at quarterback, the Patriots downgraded. Tom Brady's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. I think that the season can be boiled down to just that between the Buccaneers and the Patriots. Okay, the Buccaneers went from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady. The Patriots went from Tom Brady to Jameis Winston in essence. They went from Tom Brady to Cam Newton. They went from the guy. Okay, the Patriots last year and for 20 years had the guy and again, Tom Brady was not good last year and I think that's what cost them early in the playoffs last year. That's why they lost early. But New England went from a guy that can throw the ball accurately and can make good decisions, not turn the ball over, to a guy that doesn't throw the ball accurately and does turn the ball over. Listen, the Patriots had an opportunity to tie that game, put it into overtime, and then who who knows what happens. Cam Newton fumbles the game away. He fumbled it away. Cam Newton has seven interceptions on the year. He has thrown two touchdown passes. Two. I don't care who your coach is, regardless of who your coach is, okay, your quarterback, there's still a scale here. There's still a scale for quarterbacks. If your quarterback stinks, it's really hard to get around that because you have to make him not stink. And Cam Newton, I don't think you can make not stink Because Cam Newton's been this way for 10 years. Cam Newton's been the inaccurate, primary runner, turnover-prone, injury-riddled quarterback. That's Cam Newton. Kind of a diva, right? And he's quieted down a little bit since he's been in New England because I'm sure Bill Belichick is forcing him to buy in but it's so simple to see (laughs) New England downgraded. That's all it is. And none of us should be surprised about how the Patriots look right now. None of uh, seriously, none of us should be surprised by the outcome of which this looks. Okay. The people that said that the Patriots would be better than Tampa Bay. They're going to be wrong. They're going to be wrong. More than likely. But we shouldn't be surprised about what the result is through, through eight weeks. The Buccaneers are a better team than the Patriots. They will be at the end of the year. I mean, look, the Buccaneers were in a better position to improve. The Patriots were bound to go downward because whoever they were going to get a quarterback, was more than likely going to be a downgrade from Tom Brady as a, as a player, skill-wise, you know, intellect, football IQ. It was just going to be a downgrade. Regardless of who your coaches, that, that rank still matters. So, don't be surprised that the Patriots are struggling right now. Seriously, don't be. Because this is exactly what we should expect. It's exactly what we should expect. Okay. Uh I do want to remind you, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American Betting Experts. So go to landryfootball.com. That's it. Landryfootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. It's going to be right there. You'll see it. Uh, and then you pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state because they're not there, all of them are not legal everywhere. So you pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. So, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, points bet, all those. You sign up and then you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from 100 bucks to 1000 bucks. Okay, I'll repeat that. An account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1000. So, make sure you take advantage of that. It's that easy thanks to our sponsor American Betting Experts. That's American Betting Experts. Uh, okay. So, uh, Monday night football tonight you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to New York to play the Giants Buccaneers right now are 12 and a half point favorites on the road uh Buccaneers right now sitting at 5 and 2 the Giants are a lowly 1 and 6 uh you know i i, I don't think i need to tell you how this game is going to go the Buccaneers are going to win this football game By some miracle, could the Giants, I suppose, but the the Buccaneers are going to win this football game. Let's just leave it at that, okay? Uh, And I do expect it to not be particularly close. The Buccaneers are going to run over the Giants. And we're going to be freaking out. We are going to be freaking out about the Buccaneers. Oh, man, they are so good. They are. Oh, my God. Have you seen this offense? Have you said, oh, Tom Brady looks like he's 30 years old. Tom Brady looks the best he's ever looked. He looks fantastic. Everybody's going to freak out. Everybody's going to freak out. I just got to remind you, okay, that um, the Buccaneers five wins have come against Carolina, Denver, the chargers green bay and the raiders it's not like look outside of green bay where i think like i said we know the story about green bay is that that was not a tom brady masterpiece that was a tampa bay defense lockdown worst aaron rodgers has ever played type game that was the story of that And the two losses came at New Orleans and on Thursday night at the Bears. Oh, those are going to be two of the contemporaries that they play in the NFC that could challenge them. We are going to freak out. Most people are going to freak out tomorrow after Tampa Bay blows out the Giants but you have to remind yourself that the Giants are a bottom three or four football team in the whole league and that the Buccaneers have been feeding off of teams like this so far this year. Look, I I hate to break it to people. I really do. I hate to break it to people, but I have yet to see the Buccaneers look like the team that we expected. I'm expecting them to blow teams out like the Chiefs with offense and crazy. Okay. Last week, we got a glimpse of it right against the Raiders. Oh, yeah, they're good. Hoo, hoo, hoo. They are clearly better than everybody else. I am waiting for them to play a team like Pittsburgh, like Baltimore. Okay. A, a team like New Orleans, a team like the Seahawks. I'm waiting for them to play a team like that, Kansas City, and just crush them. Because that's what you told me they would do. You told me that the Buccaneers were just going to stomp over everybody in the NFL. It's not even going to be close. That isn't the case. Tampa Bay is good, but that's all they are. They're good. They're good. And you know what the crazy part is, is that they should be great, but they're not. They have every excuse to be great, the Buccaneers, but they're not. Okay, Tom Brady this year is having a good year. He's having a good year. It's a very Brady-esque year. But have we noticed the limitations in this offense? Have we noticed the limitations that this team has? They can't consistently throw the ball downfield because Tom Brady doesn't have the juice like that anymore. Can he throw one or two a game? Yes. But most of the time, why do you think Scotty Miller became more popular? You never even heard who Scotty Miller was. Because... He's Julian Edelman. He's over the middle. He's a guy that's going to take a bunch of hits. Short, intermediate passing game. That's his favorite target. That's his favorite target. All of a sudden, Gronk is becoming more productive. Why? Gronk doesn't go deep. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that the numbers for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin this year? They're going to be pretty good, but not amazing. Those are big play receivers that aren't really making big plays. Uh, look, I, full disclosure: the Buccaneers are good, and they're better than what I expected. And I'm probably going to be wrong about them being a Super Bowl, con- uh, not being a Super Bowl contender, because they probably are. They probably are. Compared to some teams in the NFC, I can only name a couple that are going to be better than them. I think the New Orleans is better than them. I think Seattle's better than them, and outside of that, I'm not sure who else is. I'm not sure. San Francisco isn't the same as last year. I think the, I don't think the Rams are there. I think listen, they beat the Packers. I, I don't think the Packers roster is as talented. I think the Bears are a fluke. There's nobody in the NFC East that can even touch them. There's only a few, a couple of teams in the NFC that I can confidently say I think are better than the Buccaneers. It's really the Saints and Seattle, and that's it. Those are the only two teams that I would take over the Buccaneers right now in the NFC. So I was wrong. Kind of on that. But listen, everybody in the media tomorrow is going to tell you after the Buccaneers blow out the Giants, they're going to try and sell you on. See, look at what happened last night. Look at how good the Buccaneers are. Man, oh man, do they know how to play football. Oh boy. Bruce Arians has that team looking great. Tom Brady is God. He's the goat. Look, I'm not taking anything away from the Buccaneers after yesterday, uh, after, uh, tonight because they're going to win and it's, it's going to be another win on the record. Okay, cool. But please remember and keep a straight head tomorrow and remind yourself everybody beats the Giants. The Cowboys have beaten the Giants. Okay. These are the teams that have beaten the Giants this year. Okay. The Steelers, the Bears, the Niners, the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. And they beat the Washington football team by one. That's the New York Giants this year. They're one and six. Buccaneers right now sitting at five and two, all high and mighty. There are, pe- there are people all over the place saying, oh, that's team of football. Are they? Are they? Or, or are we blowing them out of proportion because everybody predicted that they were going to be better than they are? And I think it's that. People are desperately trying to be right. This is the thing. Okay. This happens in politics. This happens in, in sports. It happens in everything. When people make a prediction, when people make a strong stance about something, and then it doesn't go exactly how they expected. They try to create reasons why they can still be right or why they are still right. This is exactly what I thought would happen even though it isn't people care so much about being right. People care so much. If you haven't noticed, if you're a follower of my show, you notice that I really could care less. I admit that I'm wrong. Every single show about something, every single, because I think it's important. I'm right about some things, but I'm wrong about a lot. I am. It keeps me honest. I learn things. I I like that stuff. I am not tied to my opinions as if they are law. Okay. Whatever. I'll give you my honest analysis about what happens. I'm telling you honestly about what the Buccaneers are showing me right now. Okay. What I said at the beginning of the year is that they're going to be good, not great. Is that All Tom Brady has to do is not be terrible and the Buccaneers are going to be good. And that's exactly what they are. Tom Brady's not knocking anybody's socks off. Tom Brady's not an MVP candidate right now. Not in my eyes. He's playing well. He's playing pretty good. And you got to give him credit. He's playing well. He's playing better than I thought he would. But the reality of the Buccaneers is that they played the most important the, the most important team they've played so far this year is the Saints in week 1 and they lost. And then they lost a game that they shouldn't have lost. And the games that they're winning are games that they should win. They should have beat the Packers. They should have beat the Raiders. They should have beat They should have beat everybody. They should have beat everybody that they've beaten so far. They should beat the Giants tonight and they will. But I am not sold on the fact that they are just going to blow everybody out of the water. They're, everybody's hanging on to that. We're halfway through the season, and they have yet to show us what people made them out to be. This offensive juggernaut. Oh, could you imagine Tom Brady with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk and O.J. Howard and all, all these weapons? Oh, my God. This is primarily a defensive-led football team. We realize that, right? Their defense is better than their offense. So, call me a hater. Go ahead. Call me a hater. I've been called worse. <laughs> um, all right. So, quickly, let's touch on this from the Giants' perspective. Um, so, Daniel Jones, I I, I I, wanted to take this angle, but it, it really didn't work out this way. Um because I still think Daniel Jones can play. I don't think that he's a guy that the Giants have to move off of right away. Now, obviously, if they get the number one overall pick, then take Trevor Lawrence. But honestly, if they don't get the number one overall pick, which I don't think they will, then just draft some talent around Daniel Jones. You're not in a in a rush. To, like, What good does drafting somebody like Justin Fields or Trey Lance do you? The Giants aren't in a bad direction. They're just not a good football team. I don't think they have a bad quarterback. I think they have a bad team around their quarterback. I even like their coach. I like Joe Judge. I think he's done a nice job. Now, I obviously, I think the offensive coordinator could probably, I don't think that was a great hire when they hired Jason Garrett. But, look, it, the Giants just don't have any talent. Saquon Barkley, their all-pro running back, is out for the year. He hasn't played. A, he hasn't played. He hasn't played. So, <laughs> look, they're struggling right now. They don't have terrible receivers, right? Darius Slayton is not bad. And Sterling Shepard is not bad. And you know, you get Golden Tate who's, you know, he's getting older, but he's not bad. But they don't have really a star. Evan Engram is kind of showing us who he really is. He's not that good. But I don't think Daniel Jones is a bad player. And I said it before about Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones has really broad shoulders. This kid has ice in his freaking veins that kid is tough. He really is mentally and physically. Okay. And the mental part is what I really want to focus on. Daniel Jones went into New York and nobody liked him. Still, nobody likes him. I I, I mean, seriously, when the giants drafted Daniel Jones, I have never heard a louder boo in my life. I covered that draft live on the air every Giant fan I talked to absolutely hated Daniel Jones and hated Dave Gettleman for picking him. I absolutely hated him. Giants fans booed Daniel Jones at Yankee Stadium when he threw out the first pitch. I mean, he's in New York. He's in the biggest city in the United States and not a single Giant fan likes you. And it didn't matter. Okay, <laughs> Like, like, isn't that crazy? like, nobody liked Daniel Jones and he managed to survive. He managed to survive. Last year as a rookie, he started 12 games, right? He played in 13, started 12. Yeah, he went three and nine. The record wasn't good because the Giants aren't any good, but he completed 62% of his throws. He threw for over 3,000 yards. He had 24 touchdowns and 12 picks as a rookie. His quarterback rating was 87.7. You know whose who's quarterback rating was, was, uh who had a better, co- who had a worse quarterback rating than Daniel Jones last year? Tom Brady! Isn't that funny? Like, they were right around the same area. Tom Brady and Daniel Jones. And uh, everybody loves Tom Brady. Everybody hates Daniel Jones. Now, I wanted to use this angle because you know, I I had figured, oh, maybe this is the first time they played. No, it isn't. Uh, Daniel Jones played the Patriots last year and lost. Uh, so this is not the first time that Daniel Jones is playing Tom Brady. But this is why I think primarily that Giants fans are really rough on Daniel Jones because Eli Manning left pretty big shoes to fill. Now, I, I want to point this out. Eli Manning was not special. Eli Manning was... I don't, I'm not sure Eli Manning was ever at any point in his career, a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> He's just, the, Eli Manning was pretty good his whole career. <laughs> That's it. He played 15 years and he was never phenomenal. <laughs> you never saw an Eli Manning play. and just go, wow. The Eli made a great play. Usually it was his wide receiver. that made a great play, right? David Tyree's like helmet catch thing. Nobody says, wow, that was a great throw by Eli. No, nobody does that. It's just, you know, Eli, you know, he's okay. But you know what Eli did do? He beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, that's that's Eli Manning's legacy right there, is he beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl twice. All right. You live have pretty big shoes to fill. Daniel Jones, I'm telling you right now, Daniel Jones is Eli Manning. Look at him, right? He's kind of awkward. He's kind of awkward looking. He's, you know, people were making jokes. Daniel Jones looks like Eli Manning, talks like Eli Manning, acts like Eli Manning, plays like Eli Manning. Like the guy is Eli Manning. The guy was coached by the same guy who coached Eli Manning. The guy, uh, Daniel Jones is Eli Manning. (laughs) I mean, that's it right there. And I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. But Giants fans don't like Daniel Jones. I think it's because he's got a lot of, he's got big shoes to fill. And Giants fans have high expectations. I live in New York. Giants fans have high expectations for their teams. Okay. I had somebody predicted the Giants were going to go 10 and six this year. What? With that roster? That defense has no talent. Their offensive line is very okay developing. I think it'll be good in a couple of years. And, again, Saquon Barkley, good but hurt all the time. (laughs) And Daniel Jones ain't that good yet. Right? Daniel Jones is still young, up-and-comer. He's developing. He doesn't make every throw perfect. He doesn't make always the best decisions. Okay, Daniel Jones this year doesn't have a great, he doesn't have a great stat line. Through seven weeks, yes, he's one in six. He's got five touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's not good. His quarterback rating is 73.7. That's really bad. But that's because Daniel Jones is going with a new coaching staff. Okay, you got to keep this in mind. This is Daniel Jones' second year. Sec head coach, second offensive coordinator. I mean, I, I mean, this is tough for a young kid, especially when you play for the more popular team in New York. Sorry, Jet fans, but more people care about the Giants than the Jets in New York. It's like the Yankees and Mets. More people care about the Yankees than the Mets. More people care about the Giants than the, uh, about the Giants than the Jets. More people care about the Knicks than the Nets, period. More people care about the Rangers than the Islanders. It's That's the nature of New York. So, yeah, Daniel Jones has pressure. Daniel Jones has pressure and he doesn't have a great roster around him. The guy constantly faces duress. Okay, he's constantly under duress. Okay, he's been sacked 20 times so far this year. 20 times. I mean, it's not like he's... Okay, it would be different if Daniel Jones was playing for the Cowboys and he had that surrounding cast and he wasn't playing well. Yeah, move on. But the Giants don't have to do that. The Giants are not in a position where they can just move off their quarterback. They have way more needs, way more. This is a legitimate rebuild. They need to build talent. They need to get some wide receivers in the building. They got to build almost an entirely new defense, almost entirely new. I mean, seriously, where's the talent on defense? Okay, some people like Dexter Lawrence, that big defensive tackle. Okay, some people like Xavier McKinney, their 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 second round safety. I mean, listen, their first round corner from from a year ago, DeAndre Baker, got arrested, and his career's over. They don't they don't have talent. You've got to build the talent. You've got to give this quarterback a chance. I said the same thing about Sam Darnold. Okay. I say the same thing about a lot of these guys. Okay. There are genuine players in the NFL where you can move off them right away. Okay. The Redskins that, or I, sorry, the Washington football team, the football team, they're moving off of Dwayne Haskins. I'm not sure they should, but okay. They're moving off him. Ron Rivera sees something that he doesn't like. Okay, the Browns, I think it's appropriate for them to possibly move off Baker Mayfield. If they don't feel he's the guy, Baker Mayfield's in his third or fourth year or something like that, and he's still not making great decisions. He still really isn't developing, and that guy's got talent around him. They have the best running game in the league. They have a much better offensive line. They're loaded at wide receiver. They have two really good tight ends, and they might have the best pass rush in the league. He's got talent and he isn't really producing. They're five and three. They're pretty good, but they're kind of all over the place. And we all know that they just scored six points against the Raiders. And I like the Raiders, but let's not pretend like they're ridiculous. So prediction for tonight, uh, Buccaneers right now sit at 12 and a half point favorites. Uh, I got a comment here that says that the Giants are going to cover tonight. They really stink, but play fairly close games. They do, uh, but I, do, I don't think this is going to be close. I, I just, the roster discrepancy is ridiculous. I, I, I mean, the, the roster discrepancy is just so crazy between the Giants and the Bucs, okay? Defense, Bucks offense, a, a, in every category, in every category. The Bucks, the Giants don't have a single level of defense, a single offensive group that outdoes the Buccaneers. It is Buccaneers, 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 it is every category. So, the 5-2 and two Buccaneers are going to win tonight against the Giants on the road. Uh, I'll give you, mm, let me see. I'll say, I'll say, let's say 33, I'll say 33-16 to 16 the Buccaneers beat the Giants tonight. Um, boy, we covered a lot today. Uh, let's do this because again, I usually do this on Monday because I don't see again till Friday and I never really get a chance to cover the Thursday night game next week. Uh, next week's Thursday night game, Thursday, November 5th, is going to be a good game. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, there's no line on it yet, I don't see it. Um, but the Green Bay Packers are going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Uh, That's going to be a good game. And I don't think that it's that's not going to be an easy game to pick because they've both had their struggles right now. Uh, Packers sitting at five and two, the 49ers right now are 500, they're four and four. They are not blowing the door. This is not the same San Francisco 49er team that we've seen in years past. This is just not last year. This is, I mean, the 49ers are banged up, they're pretty hurt. They lost Nick Bosa to the for the year. Uh, I mean this is a pretty banged up team. They traded away DeForest Buckner, which I don't understand. And then they drafted Javon Kinlaw, who I, again, I like Javon Kinlaw, but they, they just expected him to replace him. I, I I don't, I don't think that that's the smartest decision. Um, but right now the Packers look like the better football team, but I think this is a must-win game for the 49ers. If they want any chance of getting into the playoffs and want any chance of having a resemblance of looking like a playoff team, they got to win this game. Okay, you you got to keep in mind the 49ers wins are not impressive either. Okay, they they beat the Jets, they beat the Giants, and they've beaten the uh the Rams and they beat the Patriots. And that's it. That those are their wins for the 49ers. They've lost to Arizona. They lost to the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Remember that. They lost to the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Then, after that, they got their doors blown off in their own building against the Dolphins. They lost 43-17 to 17 against the Dolphins. I mean, that's a game that they can't lose. And then they lost last... Uh, they lost yesterday to the Seahawks. The 49ers gotta win a football game here. I love Kyle Shanahan. I love his offensive mind. I love... The, uh, the plays he draws up. I love the way that he uses his players. I love the fact how he establishes the run, makes you fear it, implements that play-action pass. I love that. I love the creativity in that offense. I'm not in love with Jimmy G, but I love that offense. They got to get a win here. They got to get a win here. There's way more pressure right now, I think, on the 49ers. I, right now, I'll be honest with you, I think the Packers have a stranglehold on the NFC North. I don't think they really have to to worry about it. I mean, the loss they took yesterday to the Vikings was pretty bad. They did not want to lose to the Vikings yesterday. But the Vikings, I don't think, are going to make the playoffs. It's It's too late for them. I think the Bears are a fluke, and the Lions aren't any good. So I think the Packers right now are pretty safely in that NFC North spot. The 49ers right now are in last place in their division. They got to get a win. They got to get a win. The Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks all right now are in better position than they are. The Niners have to get a win, and I think they will. I think the Niners do win on Thursday night. It's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a really good football game. Um, Listen, I think the 49ers' health has a lot to do with it, Uh, but if they are healthy, I think the 49ers are able to pull out a win. The Packers' defense has struggled lately. I think it's good, but they've struggled lately. Uh, and listen, Aaron Rodgers is going to have his hands full. Okay. I, look, I, the 49ers today just traded Quan Alexander to the Saints. So listen, I, this is going to be the year, this is going to be the time of year where we're going to be figuring out who's who and where, you know, what's which, but I'm going to take the 49ers next weekend. I'll say relatively low scoring game. I'll say 22, 23, 20, to, uh, 49ers over the Packers. Uh, Okay. Uh, great stuff, uh, today, make sure again, Buccaneers and Giants tonight, make sure you, uh, watch that should be an entertaining game. I think the Buccaneers got this one, but, uh, as I've said before, it's great to have you in with us. It's Guido's gridiron blitz on the Landry football podcast network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. You have us every Monday and Friday from two o'clock to three o'clock Eastern in the afternoon. So make sure that you don't, uh, miss that again, Guido's gridiron Blitz. I'm Mike Guido on the Landry Football Podcast Network. It's great to have you with us. We'll see you next time.